You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. It is Spain and Fitz here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Matt Jones. He is Myron Metcalf. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. I haven't seen Myron in quite some time. We are regular Sunday morning hosts of the NFL pregame show here on ESPN Radio. And now we're joining, happy to be on Spain and Fitz. Myron, we had a whole show planned out. Kyrie Irving, will he go to the Lakers? What does that look like? What happens to Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, da-da-da-da-da. And then 15 minutes ago, he decided to <laughs> opt in, take his $37 million, and now he will be staying with the Brooklyn Nets. But I want to read you the sentence he said. When, well, first of all, I'll get to the sentence. He decides to stay, $36.5 million. He says he's going to run it back with Kyrie and the Nets. Are you surprised by the decision? I'm not surprised because it didn't appear that he had a lot of suitors. And I think that's the wild part about this, Matt, is a world a couple years ago where Kyrie Irving was available, potentially, there would have been a lot of teams in the league trying to find a way to get him. And I think he opts in because his only option was to go to the Lakers and play for $6 million. There wasn't this group of teams lining up to get him. And I think that says a lot about Kyrie Irving standing in the NBA. Would you want – I mean, would you want him – like, just take everything else to the side. I mean, leave aside – as a basketball player, as a one-on-one basketball talent, he is top 10, 12 in the league probably. And and honestly, when he plays, he – I don't think he has – I don't think he played poorly. I don't think he is a disrupting influence on the court. You're basically – the problem with him has nothing to do with what happens when the ball is tipped. The problems with him are all off the court. If you were a GM, would you want to deal with that? Not if I were a GM with a team that could be in the playoffs and compete. I mean, to me, he's in the category of, all right, if you're trying to sell tickets – if you think he might take a young team to sort of that next level. But if I'm a playoff-level team that has a chance to get to the championship or I feel like I'm close, I'm not picking up Kyrie because of all the other things. You don't think that there is – you don't think he still could be the second best player on a championship team like he was five years ago? Maybe, but but I can't help but see, like, all of the flaws and all of the moments where we're going – Okay, what if with Kyrie? Boston was better without him. That young Boston team, when he was hurt, they played great without him. And then he came back, right? Brooklyn, Kevin Durant, when he was the guy, the only guy leading that team, they almost beat Milwaukee. And if they beat Milwaukee two years ago or last year, maybe they're going to win the championship. So I'm not seeing where he's worth it, again, if you're a championship-level team. Are there a lot of teams you could use that talent? Of course, But all the other stuff, to me, man, makes him a great risk. Can you think of a player of his talent? Because you're right. At the end of the day, to me, the most interesting story about this is not that he's opting in. I mean, it's $36.5 million. you got to be kind of crazy not to take $36.5 million. What's interesting to me is not that he's opting in. What's interesting to me is that he had no options. What's interesting to me is the only option was $6 million with the Lakers, who themselves are desperate because they bought into the guy that's most similar to him, which is Russell Westbrook. That was their only option. And the idea that you could be a top 12 talent and no one would want you, like no one, to me 
can you think of very many people like that? I mean, there are guys that are trouble, but you still give them a chance. And then there are guys who play their way out of the league because they're trouble. But when can you remember a guy who objectively is a top 12 talent? Right now, not in the past, right now, and nobody wants. It's it's, it's rare, you know, in a league where 36 million isn't – can what, you think Russell of one? Westbrook, Forget about rare. Can you think of I one? Think, I can't think of one, but it says a lot to me. Like, even the Lakers, even the Lakers, if they were going to make the move, it wasn't going to cost them anything. They were going to give them $6 million. Yeah, $6 million. Dollars. That was exactly. It. You know what I mean? So it says a lot to me about how people view Kyrie as a guy who can lead a team. I don't think he can lead anybody anywhere. And that's why he's in this situation again. Well, let me ask the people. You know, America is smarter than Myron and I are. I mean, Myron and I. Speak for yourself, but yeah. We're pretty smart. But America collectively, I mean, look, just think about the decisions America makes. They're always great. (laughs) 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Can you think of a person in sports? Who has the who had the talent? Now I'm not talking a criminal, okay? Because criminals are di- that's a different yeah, yeah, scenario. Yeah. I'm just saying off the court, whatever, but not criminal. Can you think of a player who had this level of talent that nobody or very few people wanted in his prime? I can't think of one, but I know there's somebody out there that will. 888 say ESPN. Now, like somebody going to prison, Myron, I think that's a different, different situation. But different. I'm talking about somebody who it's just it's the fact that he thinks the earth is flat yeah. and he thinks, you know, his quote today after he signed is really him summed up. Let me read you this quote. I want to get your, your take. He said, quote, normal people keep the world going, but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. I've made my decision to opt in. See you in the fall. Normal people keep the world going, but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. Now, I will note, he dared to be different by taking the $36.5 million. (laughs) But what do you think of that quote? I mean, a dude thinks he's Aristotle or somebody. I don't know who he thinks. I just, just, you know, I don't really know what to make of him. But but it just sums up to your point who he is. Here's the other thing, Matt. This is a player's league now, right? Players yes. make all these moves. Players are the ones who say, go get that guy. How weird is it, Matt, that of all these stars across the NBA who could use a talented player, nobody raised their hand and said to their GM or their owner, go get this guy. Nobody. Like, go out and get – nobody said that. But have you known – I've always felt like that from afar, it seemed like players liked Kyrie. You know what I mean? Like I've always felt like that players kind of took up for him. Even in the, the, the vaccination thing, they kind yeah. of took up. Like, even though he was trying to do what no other player in the league was doing, they were kind of taken up for him. Yeah. And I've always felt like that players sort of gave him more leeway maybe than the general public, right? A little bit, but here's the thing. I might like partying with you, but I don't want to invest in a business with you, right? Okay. There's two right. different things. I think Kyrie is that. Great guy you. at happy hour. But we're not going to get into any sort of business. You know, that's deals. a great point about the partying with and not doing it. Because, like, there are dudes <laughs> or people that you think, you know what? This is a good hang. 
Yeah. But I'm not giving you even thirty dollars. Exactly. Like I have, I had a couple friends in college that I wouldn't have trusted to even go buy me a meal. Exactly. Because if I gave them the money, I was certain it was gone. There was no chance I would see it back. You think Kyrie's kind of like that? I think I think Kyrie's a dude you're not giving eight dollars to. You know, but you but you call him on Friday night to hang. He's the best on those nights for sure. Yeah, but see, I, I, he would annoy me though because the whole like. The guy who thinks he's smart, that is actually an idiot, really yeah. drives me up. Like, like drives me up a wall. He only gets along with the guy who's like him, and who is that? Kevin Durant. Who else did they add to this team? But Another Kyrie, guy but who Kevin seems Durant to be is not a miss. Kevin Durant is not trouble. He's Man. weird, but he's not trouble. But the way those guys operate and how they see themselves, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and now you add Ben Simmons. That's an interesting oh mix of talent, man, <laughs> if somebody's going to have that. to manage there, right? Brooklyn might be the only place they work together. You know what? It's Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons, the only people that could have a conversation where it sounds like all of them have been smoking weed and none of them have. You know what I mean? Like they, it's like 9.30 they're re- in the morning. Yeah, but just- <laughs> like their regular conversation yes. is like, hey, man, yes. you realize like that – that candle over there, that maybe that's the president of the United yeah. States. And you just look at him and go, what are you what are talking you t- about? If you walked up to that table, man, and said one plus one is two, all three of those dudes are going to say, well, how do we know? Yes. Has it been proven? You know yeah. what I mean? I, the, 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 poor, <laughs> poor Steve Nash. I mean, that's all you can say is how in the world do you deal with those three? All right, so who, who is somebody that is like Kyrie Irving, that is one of the best players in the league, Yet no one wants, and it's not because he's a discipline problem. It's just because he's weird. 888-SAY-ESPN. It is Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. He is Myron Metcalf. I'm Matt Jones. Who don't you give $8 to to go get you a meal because you know you won't end up with the meal or the $8? That's next. And by the way, Spain and Fitz is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote at ProgressiveCommercial.com. More on the malcontents next on Spain and Fitz. You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. It is Spain and Fitz here on ESPN Radio. Boom, boom, boom. It's Matt Jones and Meyer Metcalf presented by Progressive Insurance. Kyrie Irving opting in to $36.5 million with the Brooklyn Nets. And he's having to do it because nobody wanted him. And the question is, 888-SAY-ESPN, who's an athlete that was at the top of their powers and people just didn't want him just because? Because it was just like you don't want him around. Now, for Kyrie Irving, it's in part because he's just weird. His quote again was, normal people keep the world going, but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. It's a fascinating quote because on the one hand, he recognizes that if everybody was like him, it would be terrible. <laughs> yeah. He recognizes that normal people are needed to simply exist. Yeah. But those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. I'm not exactly sure what he's different about besides being weird because he still just took the $36.5 million. Had he not yeah. taken it, I actually think if he had just taken $6 million to go to the Lakers, that would be different. Yeah, I mean, and I think Nets fans are reading that and going, can you just lead us into the Eastern Conference Finals? I mean, they'll take that. Forget tomorrow. Go to tomorrow. Right? <laughs> At the end of the day, man. Like, that's why you're here. It, it is the weird thing, but it's also like, Matt, the lack of availability. He's had injury issues, the vaccine issue. Like, 
How many games are you going to get out of Kyrie? Like, that's also the yeah. question as well with that guy. You know, Kyrie is like every dude that hangs out at a coffee shop or used bookstore and, like, <laughs> accomplishes nothing yes. but sits and talks about what's wrong with the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, the people who just sit there and go, you know, America is just full of blankety blank. <laughs> yeah. If it were up to me, blah, 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 blah. and they're like, they're not doing anything. Like they, yeah. like they literally are, are sitting there and the world is just going by. I feel that's how Kyrie is. I feel like Kyrie thinks that he is some, somehow having these revolutionary thoughts. Yep. And basically all he's doing is being injured and not playing in games. You know this, Matt, because the other stu- superstars, like now it's not a league where everything's done behind closed doors. Superstars can say, go get this guy. Dame Lillard, a couple of days ago, photoshops Kevin Durant playing next to him in Portland. These guys have a lot of power. Where are the other superstars, Matt, who who raised their hands and said, go get Kyrie? He can be the missing piece for well, us. What's the same reason the dude in the coffee shop sitting by himself? Nobody <laughs> exactly. wants to listen to that exactly. all the time. Exactly. All right, let's go. Let's give some choices in here. Mike is in Minnesota. Mike, who is the athlete that you most would analogize to Kyrie in this situation? No doubt, Patrell Sprewell. The guy said he couldn't feed his family on whatever Minnesota offered him, so he never played another game in the NBA. It's a great call. $21 million. He said he couldn't feed his family. Now, you know, to quote the great Chris Rock, I guess they wanted extra cheese on their Whopper. (laughs) I understand that. But I feel like he could have at least sort of – fed his family for the 21 million yeah he could have fed 21 families for that money if he wanted to i mean like it's it's amazing i think that's actually a really good comparison to to a guy who lacked self-awareness and i think that's the biggest challenge you got with Kyrie. that's a great call about self-awareness that's a good way to put it you know somebody who just doesn't really understand his place but latrell sprewell as good as he was and he was very very good I don't think he was as good as Kyrie is. No. Right? No, no he's not on that level at all. And, that, and that's the weird thing is this guy's a legit superstar, and there's no line of people who want him. Do you, when you look at Latrell Sprewell, is he just like one of those people that the first thing you think of is he choked his coach? Like, like I can't even yes. remember his basketball. I just remember that. Yeah, I, I mean, you think about that. But I think being in Minnesota, I think I also think about – him turning down the $21 million and just – it didn't have to be that way for him. And I think we'll say the same thing at the end of Kyrie's career. Did he not get any too. contract when he turned down he didn't the 21 play again. million? No, he didn't play. There was no market for him. Like, there was no market for him all of a sudden. Like, so he thought there would be a bunch of like suitors. $3 million? There was no market for what he was asking for. I don't remember who they signed, but, like, he just sort of lost the game of musical chairs, man. That's amazing. That is one of the terrible, like most terrible decisions that you could ever, uh, you could ever see. Lamont is in Louisville, which is also coincidentally where I am. Lamont, you might be across the street. How you doing? Hey, hey, how's it going, Matt? Uh, just a different analogy of what you said. I would say Lance Stevenson. You know, he's a head case. He's nowhere near as talented as Kyrie, but he always was a solid player. And even though his antics were sometimes considered crazy. Teams always picked him up. Oh, and uh, one last thing, Matt, Kenny Payne won those games. 
Okay, stop. These Louisville fans, you can't put them on national radio, Myron. These Louisville fans, they don't even have a they don't even have a guard on their roster, and they are convinced they're going to be good. Just don't let the Louisville fans talk. But back to Lance Stevenson for a second. Do you uh, what do you think about him as a potential Kyrie type player? He, he, yes, Lance Stevenson was an enigma. I mean, everybody the the image of him blowing in in, Le, in uh, LeBron's ear in the game, like all that stuff, bizarre, that right? Great. But the difference is. No one's asking Lance to lead. Like, that's a dude who is your fourth or fifth best guy, right? You know, Kyrie is a guy you bring in who's supposed to be your leader, or at least one of them, and I don't know if anyone can trust him to be that. Is Lance Stevenson the worst player in NBA history that actually gave LeBron a hard time? I don't – I mean, he he did, like, a better job than anyone ever imagined. Seriously, can you think of a worse player – who LeBron had a hard time with. No. I mean, he's – and it was the head games, too, you know, that he played with them. I, I think that's that, that's actually a, a, a good thing to be remembered by. Yeah. You know, like when I was at Transylvania, this is a very good analogy. There okay. was a guy that played intramural basketball with me named Travis Pond. He was a lot better than me. Okay. But he couldn't guard my baby hook, Myron. <laughs> and I could score – even though he's a lot better than me, I could score on him at will. And I got in his head. And Travis Pond would see me, and he'd go, oh, he, I, I can't stop Matt's baby hooking. It made him mad. Yeah. Right? I feel yeah. like that's Lance Stevenson and LeBron. Transylvania, rec league ball, <laughs> guarding LeBron James in the playoffs. Same thing, man. Same well, thing. I mean, Bill Simmons does that all the time. He's always like, you know, when you play basketball, and I'm like, Bill, yeah. stop it. I'm, that's kind of what I'm doing uh, as well. Let's go to Cody in Virginia. Cody, can you think of somebody like this? Um, so it's a little different angle than you guys are thinking. How about Ricky Williams? I and then like also that. with like the LeBron one. angle, I think Delonte West gave him a lot more of a headache. Okay, than, uh, Hang up. See these people. You Don't can't, even, you can't put that. people on the phone today because they that. just go nuts. But, but Ricky Williams, a good call, Myron, right? Like Ricky Williams, there was nothing about him as a, as, as a player that was a problem. It was just everything else it was and and if we're talking about raw talent i mean one of the like few had that kind of raw talent that he had you just always wondered was he ever going to put it all together and here we are with kyrie irving who's not 22 year old kyrie anymore still having the same conversations about ricky williams probably next to herschel walker part of the most lopsided poor running back trade in nfl history yeah Probably only a matter of time before Ricky Williams also runs for Senate. Why not? Might as well. 2022. Just run for Senate. Everybody gets to do it. Now, we're going to continue on your calls. Deshaun Watson's disciplinary hearing begins tomorrow. What does that mean for Baker Mayfield and more? It's Matt Myron on Spain and Fitz. You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. It is Spain and Fitz here on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones, Meyer Metcalf, presented by Progressive Insurance. We got folks on the phone. Great calls coming in, except for the guy who said that uh, Kenny Payne won those games at Kentucky. That's a very inside Kentucky joke, by the way, Myron. Because here's the thing. Louisville has a new coach. 
used to be Cal Perry's assistant at Kentucky. And Louisville, who hasn't done anything noteworthy in basketball in a decade except hire strippers and prostitutes, has actually now they think they're good again. And they're saying that Kenny Payne, the assistant, won those games. And I'm just not letting that fly on national radio. I just can't wait to go between Louisville and Lexington, you know, throughout the season, just sort of covering that. Where you're going, I mean, I hope you're going to Louisville for bourbon because it ain't going to be to watch a good basketball team because they are (laughs) going to stink this year. But nevertheless, we'll get right back to the phones. 888-SAY-ESPN. But Deshaun Watson's hearing today is before the NFL and NFL Players Association. It will be uh, in front of Sue Robinson, and it's scheduled to begin Tuesday. League sources have told ESPN. Who knows what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson? Who knows what the suspension will end up being? I think it's fair to say, Myron, it's a good chance there will be some suspension. Could be for a year. We're hearing now it might be indefinite, which is probably the worst thing it could be for the Browns. With all of that happening, do you still have to get rid of Baker Mayfield? I mean, I don't think it's up to them. Baker, the way he's wired, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's going to come back to the table and let the team say, hey, man, sorry how this all went down. Can you play for us this season? He's not that kind of guy. But it puts him in a weird spot. If Deshaun Watson doesn't play this year, you don't have Baker Mayfield. You're turning to Jacoby Brissett, who is a backup but certainly not the guy you expected to have who could lead you into the playoffs. Like, what a mess, Matt. Like, what a mess this has become. And we all said this would happen, and now here we are. Yeah, I mean, the thing is the Browns can be good. That's the part of this. Like, they can be good. And I, the thing I never understood from moment one, put aside, and I know it's hard, put aside the moral component of the Deshaun Watson thing and whether or not you should sign him morally. Just from a football standpoint, you're good. Do you really want to risk losing a quarterback that, for all his flaws, can play to take your chances on potentially a better quarterback who may not play and you end up without both of them? Because you're not winning a Super Bowl. You're not even going to the playoffs necessarily with Jacoby Brissett. I just don't understand the mindset of doing that. It's the Cleveland Browns, though, right? Like if any franchise were going to mess this whole thing up, it would be them. Matt, the last time that Deshaun Watson played in an NFL game was January 3rd, 2021. The last time Deshaun Watson won an NFL game was November 26, 2020. If he's suspended for the season, you're talking about a guy who's going to be three years removed from his last game. Maybe he's still the same guy, but maybe he isn't. Either way, all of this seems so uncertain for the future of the Browns and what they thought they would have when they signed. Three years is a long time not to play football. I mean, three years is a long time not to do anything. Yeah. I mean, if you just – if you – I mean, I, it doesn't take a ton of talent to, to host a radio show. But if I didn't speak on the radio for three years <laughs> and then just all of a sudden came on, yeah. I'm not sure I would be able to, to sort of get the rhythm, et cetera. Yeah. And doing a radio show does not require 300 – pound men to come and try to hurt me in the process I just don't I I never understood why they did this leaving aside the moral component which is an even stronger argument potentially I never Myron understood why they made this move they they thought that they would figure out something that other teams had like they they thought this would work out for them and I keep going back to something you said maybe six months ago when we were on a show together and I tell people it's my point, but it was really yours. No, the thing you. that you said, <laughs> the thing that you said was that the Cleveland Browns can't predict what's ahead. 
like because of the way this is all unfolding, they don't know what's coming next with Deshaun yes. Watson. And we keep seeing another lawsuit, another allegation, another situation. And they've been unable to sort of contain this, which is why they're in this situation now. And that's the thing. So I saw you know, there's 24 lawsuits or whatever. I don't remember how many yeah. there are. But they say there's 24. I think they settled 20. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. It only takes one to get to discovery. It only takes one. If one gets to discovery, if you're the Browns, you don't know what's going to come out. You don't know what it's – and for people who don't know what discovery it is, it's where you fi- exchange information and you find out what happened. It only takes one, and that's really the problem. You can't just get it away. And here's what's weird. If you're a plaintiff, you, there, if there's incentive to be the last one in some ways, Myron, because mm-hmm. if you're the last one – He's going to be the most desperate to get rid of that one so that there's no discovery. Because where this becomes an issue for Deshaun Watson and the Browns is if this goes to discovery. So he doesn't matter for purposes of discovery that there's 24 cases, Myron. There only needs to be one. And there's still four left. And until they all four go away, you just it don't know if you're the Browns. Is there a world, Matt, where he never plays for the Yes, Browns, I think, think there's a world where he never plays. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, it only takes one – like, again, leave aside whatever you think about what's happened now morally, Myron. It only takes one worse fact to come out for him never to play, and they still owe him this money. It's guaranteed. What a, what a situation. And the fact that the NFL, of all of the players they've had to deal with who've had – off-the-field issues, all of the things that players have encountered. I don't know that we've ever heard of an indefinite suspension. Now, now the union will fight it, as they should, because that's what unions do. But I don't know how successful they'll be. At the end of the day, Roger Goodell gets to make the final decision about how he wants this whole thing to go down. It's the least due process thing in the world. Roger Goodell (laughs) is both the jury and the appeal, and in some ways he's also the prosecutor. So. It's not exactly the most fair uh, disposition of everything. All right, so we were talking about who are the players like Kyrie who, because of things that have nothing to do with the sport, end up not being in the league or end up not being wanted by teams because Kyrie's a top 12 talent, and it seems like only two teams wanted them him to be on the roster. Patrick is in Indianapolis, and Patrick, I say this with love because of all the cities in America, Indianapolis is the most boring I appreciate you calling, probably because you would be asleep otherwise. Oh, no. Oh, you're killing me, man. Oh, no. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Like, if I were to say to you, Myron, real quick, tell me the most interesting thing about Indianapolis. Quickly, tell me something interesting about Indianapolis. The the Indy 500. Yeah, but that's not a, that's not a thing. It's one day a year. Okay, so fine. You go there on Memorial Sunday before Memorial Day. It's fun. Besides the Indy 500, Myron, tell me what the strip, strip, uh, strip, not strip club, strip <laughs> mall capital of America is like. Yeah. It's a cool downtown area. It's a cool nightlife down there. Yeah. They got two and we throw the two TGI Fridays within four <laughs> oh, blocks. No, stop. stop. We throw the best Super Bowls. Let's put it that way. All right. St. Elmo's? Uh, St. Elmo's? Come on. Yeah, I mean, okay, so you St. have a steakhouse. Everybody's got one. They always say St. Elmo's. Like, it's the only place in America you can get a steak is in Indianapolis. I'm just saying, it's not, the, it's not being mean to you. I just think there's no city in America that gets more events that has literally zero going for it than Indianapolis. But with that said, what's your answer? All right, I got I got two for you. After you just uh, took your soul, by the way. Yeah, just destroyed me. <laughs> but I, I got two for you. Number one, he did it to himself, Daryl Strawberry. 
Uh, okay, but that's a little two, different there because there that's things more going than, on. Yeah, that's discipline. It's like it's yeah. a little different to me when the reason was you got in trouble. Yeah, Kyrie's different. not really gotten in trouble. No. He's just been annoying. But go ahead. Oh, that's very true. And number two, I don't think he did anything wrong. And it's kind of crazy that Deshaun Watson is on a team right now, but Colin Kaepernick couldn't find a team whatsoever. That's a good call. Colin Kaepernick's a great example of this, and I appreciate the call. Now, again, with Kaepernick, I agree with the caller. I don't think he did anything wrong. No, he didn't. But that was, the, that was something that had nothing to do with the sport that just all of a sudden made it to where nobody wanted him to, to, to play. And I think he – we don't know what he got from the league, but I still believe Myron – he got paid. I bet it was an obscene amount of money that he got as part of that settlement. Uh, well, it's enough where we haven't heard from him. I mean, we haven't. There's no sit down with Barbara Walters or anything like that. But because probably he's not allowed to. Yeah, but but I think you know, even if you make that comparison, I don't think Colin Kaepernick did anything wrong either. But Kyrie is still in the prime of his career, maybe right? Like, I mean, he's still a guy who, like you said, he's top twelve in the NBA. And that just makes it even more bizarre. Like there weren't a bunch of superstars saying, do whatever you got to do to make this happen. And I think that says a lot about his reputation. I mean, you criticized me, but was I wrong about Indianapolis? It's a great Final Four city. Like the Final Four should be in Indianapolis, San Antonio, New Orleans. That's it. I, I totally agree with that. And look, don't get me wrong. If there's an event downtown and you can, and you're looking for a city where you can just walk from the event to a TGI Fridays or a Staples, then Indianapolis is absolutely perfect, perfect because there you do not even have to get in your car to go to a Chipotle. And in <laughs> that respect, it's a place worth visiting. But I'm just saying for sort of culture, and in, I mean, take San Antonio, New Orleans. Like yeah. those are places with like vibrant personalities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Indianapolis, they have three hearties. It's the New Orleans of the Midwest, though. I mean, it's a little bit. The New right. Orleans of the Midwest. It's 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 the O'Charlies of cities. <laughs> Tune into the ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters. Presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily. Available wherever you enjoy your podcast. More of our opinions on cities that you live in next here on Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. That's right. That dance beat says it's Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones, the wizard of the disco, Myron Metcalf is with me. You can get us at KY Sports Radio at Metcalf by ESPN. We'll get back to the phones here in just a little bit. But it is time for that part of the day where we don't always know everything going on, so we got to give it to you quick. It is time for quickies. Quickies with Spain and Fitz. We get in and out of topics fast. That's right. It is time for quickies. And the first one I'll go with is the College World Series. Last night, the Ole Miss Rebels. Yes, that's still their name for those of you that aren't in the South. They won the College World Series. They were the last team invited to the tournament. They were the 64th seeded team into the College World Series. They went all the way to the finals. They won beating Oklahoma to get the College World Series title. I'm going to ask you, Myron, do you care about the College World Series? And is it amazing that the team that was the last team in ended up winning the whole thing? 
Yeah, I, I did care about it. I thought it was really exciting. I mean, the Ole Miss story, what, that's like a George Mason run well, through the tournament. Well, it is an SEC. I mean, they were top I mean, five true. earlier this year. But it's, it's, it's remarkable, right, to, to make that happen. Uh, you know, I thought it was a, a fun event. Also, Major League Baseball should bring back aluminum bats. I mean, it's cool to hear that sound. You like the ping? Yeah, man, but I thought, I thought it was a really, really good event. Softball and baseball postseason in college are really, really good events. Can I uh, go the other way? Sure, man. That's basically College what we World do Series show, is what? First of all, it's way too long. I believe it started three months ago. <laughs> and secondly, the games take forever. Every game is like six hours, and it's a marathon, and the final score is always 14 to 2. No game is ever close. I don't think they had one game in the College World Series that was close. The other thing is, I understand it's double elimination, but somehow Oklahoma played 46 games in the College <laughs> World Series. Every there. time I turned it on, Oklahoma was playing. I never knew if it was going to matter. You can lose 14 times, and as long as you tie your shoelaces right, you get to play again. It's just a little much for me. I think they could condense it a little bit, Meyer, and it would be a little more exciting. I mean, I guess that's fair. I mean, it was shorter than Major League Baseball games. i tell you what, though. <laughs> no, it isn't. It's not I'll shorter than Major League games. Felt like it. Outside of the SEC, though, there are a whole lot of us who are going, wait, the SEC isn't just taking over in football and basketball. They're going to take baseball and softball, yeah, too. I mean, because six of the eight teams were either in the SEC or are going to be in the SEC. I mean, that, so, that's going to be the storyline here in a couple of years when they join. Yeah. Well, all right. So what's next? Quickies. There you go. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's some is that it? Serena is back at Wimbledon. That's right. Serena is back on the court. She will play tomorrow at noon Eastern on your ESPN stations. Do you care about Serena and her time at Wimbledon? I care a lot. I mean, for me, Serena's on the Mount Rushmore of sports. Uh, it's MJ. It's Tiger Woods. It's Serena. And then you can kind of pick a fourth player. Well, actually, Mom and Ali, I'm sorry. Mr. Pectacular. Uh, go ahead. Mr. But I, I view Serena the way I view Tiger Woods at this stage. Like, it's just cool to see him out there. Yeah. It's just cool to see her out there. She doesn't have to win uh, for me to feel like she's one of the three or four greatest athletes of all time. Uh, I think she's almost 40, if not 40, late 30s. Uh, so just to be out there competing against a bunch of tennis players who are, some of them are 16, 17, is remarkable. I, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I hope she wins. I think it's going to be fun to watch her. It is amazing to me, though, how tennis, the same names that mattered 10 years ago still matter now, and there's nobody else people know. On the yeah. men's side, name three tennis players, and everybody's going to go Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic, right? Yeah. On the women's side, name a player, Serena. And that's it. Like, name me another men's tennis player. I know a couple just because I'm kind of a fan. But, Myron, name me a men's tennis player outside of the big three. Andy Murray. <laughs> he hasn't played in years. Yeah, Andy Murray's in there. I think he Andy played today. Murray. Um, I, think he, I think Andy Murray played today. Jim Courier. No, Andy Murray. I think Andy Murray played today. I didn't say, like, Sampras or something. Like, Did he? I, mean, Andy, I don't think he <laughs> plays like now, does he? Maybe he does. I don't know. Maybe but I'm making point, it up, but I thought I saw that name. But there. my point is, like, you, can you name guys that are no. in the top ten? That's the problem is I don't know what happens for tennis no. after these three guys and Serena go. What are we even watching at that point? It's a good question. But, I, I mean, then we have some of the same concerns after Martina and – yeah, but the Williams sisters came along, and yeah. Federer. I just don't know who that next generation is. I really don't. Yeah. 
and and maybe they'll show up. All right, another quickies. That's right. The Brittany Griner trial is going to start on Friday, according to sources in Russia. She was just arraigned today, but the trial will start Friday. It's probably, Myron, a positive step in this regard. It will be easier to eventually negotiate her release if the trial is over for a variety of diplomatic reasons that aren't worth going into. Still a very scary and sad situation. Very scary. And and just, you know, to see her uh, a premier athlete, athlete like that in that situation, everyone sort of wants information about what's going on. I'm the opposite. I don't want to know everything, but I hope something's happening behind the scenes and we're going to get sort of a, a breaking news alert that says she's back home. You know? I was I became convinced when I saw a Russian scholar say, oddly, and this seems odd, it's better for her if people don't publicize it. That the more publicity it gets, it makes her more valuable to Russia and it actually will make it harder for her to get out, wow. which seems contrary. But, you know, she can face 10 years in prison and fewer than 1% of defendants in Russia are acquitted. Wow. That's That's amazing, amazing, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's very scary. What's next? Quickies. That's right. Finally, there's one one thing Myron likes. It's a good celebrity boxing match. (laughs) Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson are going to box. That's right. The two former running backs are going to go at each other. In the ring, it's going to be part of something. I'm sure it'll be available on a channel uh, that that I don't get. But are you excited about Le'Veon Bell versus Adrian Peterson in the ring? I'm I'm more sad about it, you know, that to me, two guys doing that. And Le'Veon Bell's only 30. But, I mean, clearly it's a money grab, right? I don't know what they're getting paid, but I just – But maybe they enjoy it. Maybe they like boxing. I mean, you know – if you guys, boxed, if you boxed, I would support you. you they're part you, of. Let me tell you, they're, they're, they are the undercard on Social Gloves Two, yeah. an event promoted by YouTube star Austin McBroom. Yeah, that, first of all, Austin McBroom. <laughs> that's a fade up. That's a made up name. Not the kid's name Jay is Paul. not McBroom. Austin McBroom will take on fellow YouTuber Asan Gibb in the main event. Oh, and rapper Blueface is going to fight Nick Young, Swaggy P, on the undercard. It just, it just doesn't feel like a great look for anybody involved. <laughs> Let me go over these matches see. again. Le'Veon Bell versus Adrian Peterson. Austin McBroom versus Annie Son Gibb. And then the big one, Blueface versus Swaggy P. Sign me up. Blueface. Feels like you're admitting defeat. I think the name Austin McBroom (laughs) is a name that I would have made up as a child. Look at old Austin McBroom. Well, more on this and all the stories next here on Spade of Bits. You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. It is Spain and Fitz here on ESPN Radio. He's Mary Metcalf. I'm Matt Jones, presented by Progressive Insurance. Big night in the world of sports. John Cena returns to Raw. And that's it. But other than that, we're happy to be here with you. Stanley Cup was won last night. We didn't really talk a lot about it earlier. Were you excited to see that the Avalanche got the uh, got the Stanley Cup, ending the Tampa Bay Lightning's three-year run? I like dominance, so I was I was rooting for Tampa Bay. I mean, I wanted to see the dynasty happen. So, but hey, it's cool, you know. 
That's Myron's Hockey Report here on ESPN Radio. It's part of Spain and Fitz. Uh, 888-SAY-ESPN. We asked you a minute ago. You asked me my opinion. We I liked it. it. You just said, you know what? Of all the hockey I've seen, that was one of them. Uh, 888-SAY-ESPN. We asked you earlier about athletes that were kind of like uh, Kyrie Irving in the sense that they're, they became – not because they were in, in trouble, not because they were criminals, but they became in, like more trouble than they were worth as a player because Kyrie has decided to opt into his $36.5 million option with the Brooklyn Nets. But it was because he had nowhere to go. Nobody else wanted to pay him. The Lakers would have given him $6 million. That's $30 million less. But Kyrie's answer was to say, quote, normal people keep the world going, but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow which is one of the most ridiculous quotes. That's what people would say after a freshman year in college philosophy. (laughs) But nevertheless, Kyrie says it, and there you go. He's daring to be different and taking the $36 million. So here's my question for you. From a basketball standpoint, now that he's back with the Nets, do they have a chance to win the title with Durant, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons? Well, I hope he's done with the eighth-grade yearbook quotes. But, yeah, I mean, anytime you have those guys – uh, you have a shot. If you have KD uh, with a couple of decent guys around him, you have a chance to put Kyrie next to him and maybe a healthy Ben Simmons, sure. But it all has to come together, Matt. And why should we have any faith that it's all going to work out for this team? It hasn't happened yet. So I'm not sure why it would happen now. So I think they're third, fourth maybe in the East right now, but there are no guarantees with this team. Matt. Three guys, 82 games each. That's 246 games between Durant, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons. Of those 246 games, if I set the over-under at half of them, 123. Over-under 123 games those guys play to get those guys play over the course of the season. Yeah, I take the under. You take the under? Yes. You think they get under half the games for all those guys? You could have Kyrie sometime in December deciding he needs to go meditate somewhere or just take a break or he's fed up with the organization. Ben Simmons' health has been a mystery. And Kevin Durant, we forget, Matt, Kevin Durant's 34 now. Like He's going to that stage of his career where a lot of guys who play that way slow down. So you hope he stays healthy, but you don't know. You think Ben Simmons plays any games? I think he'll play. I just don't know when. And I don't know how many we get from him. You just can't put a number on him. But if I have to guess, I'm taking the under on that because there is more chaos. I can see more chaos than anything good happening with that trio. There you go. Well, on paper, that team should be really good. But if games were played on paper, then I'm not sure we would have had the Warriors as the title winners (laughs) this year. So you you just never know. All right, we're going to get back to it here. Lots of folks are on the phone Trying to figure out which one of these I want to go to. I'm going to go to Lawrence in North Carolina. Lawrence, where in North Carolina are you? I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. Raleigh, home of the Carolina Hurricanes, my favorite hockey team that lost, unfortunately, to the Rangers. Go Canes. Uh, What what athlete were you going to add to the list? Well, I agree with you. I think it's very hard to find somebody at Kyrie's level that has done this. That only, Only one other person I know of. And I was surprised nobody has brought it up yet, but Antonio Brown, wide receiver in football. 
But with Antonio Brown, and I appreciate the call. You did. There was a there was a criminal, was a criminal element yeah. to it. Like I mean, there was. It wasn't just. I mean, Kyrie has not done anything criminal. He's just been criminally weird. And yeah. I appreciate the call, no, sir. No more talking. There you go. I appreciate um, it. We got Myron. Was he still on? I don't know if he's no, still on. No, he's gone. On. But go ahead. I, I think if there's a comparison, it's that Antonio Brown was in these established cultures in New England, and he was under John Gruden when he was coaching. He was obviously in Tampa Bay, and it still didn't work out. And Kyrie has played with LeBron. He played in Boston. Now he's playing in Brooklyn, and we're seeing some of the same issues. So it's different because Antonio Brown's off-court stuff was criminal, to your point. But just in terms of a raw talent that just couldn't figure out how to work with everybody else, I do see a similarity in that. I think that's a really good call about the the stability. Because on paper, playing with LeBron, playing with Durant, and playing in Boston are three pretty good situations. Right? I mean, it's not like you're playing in Sacramento, playing with Lance Stevenson, and playing with Russell Westbrook. You know, you've gotten great situations, and still, Myron, he can't make it work, and everywhere people want him gone. And he planned this, Matt, with Kevin Durant. They both decided. They both had all the options in the world to make their choices. They said, we're going to play together. We're going to build this super team. They said, go out and get James Harden while you're at it. That'll really be the missing piece. And they've won nothing. Yep. They have been a failure this entire time. That's true. Let's go to uh, Ron is in Kentucky. Where in Kentucky are you, Ron? Independence, Kentucky. Independence, Kentucky. That's up in uh, close to Cincinnati, right? That is 10 miles from the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, Myron, the, the Cincinnati airport is actually yeah. in Kentucky. I know it. Yes, yeah, so Independence right correct. across the bridge, right? That's right across the bridge. That's right. That's right. Yeah. The bridge that's is right. falling apart. By the way, yeah. anytime you drive from Kentucky yeah. to Cincinnati, know that any moment that bridge may fall into the Ohio River. <laughs> so just be careful. It's good to know when I was there a month ago. You tell me. I'm just late, saying. I just I'm, I'm just warning. I don't want everybody, I don't want anybody to blame me if something happens. Just be careful if you cross that bridge. Now, Ron, what do you got? Um, we've been talking about him all all afternoon. How about Baker Mayfield? Pretty good call. I appreciate it. I mean, like, okay, so from a talent perspective, Myron, if you're ranking quarterbacks in the NFL, where does Baker Mayfield rank from just a talent perspective? He's top 20-ish, I think, right? I mean, I think he at his best he's in that group. I mean, he led a team to the playoffs, you know. So yes. I think he's in that mix. And, and, and made some noise, had a great year. Do yeah. you think he's – like, I do feel like sometimes players get so overrated – that then everybody gets down on them and they actually oddly become underrated. Is it possible that's true of him? Uh, I don't know. I mean, to, to me, it's it's hard to focus. Like Kyrie, it's hard to focus on the football because there's so many other things happening. And it's one thing for people to rate you a certain way, but just sort of the arrogance. I mean, people but the think the other he's things a that are right? happening with him. Okay, so like if I were to say to you, what has Baker Mayfield done wrong? You would say what? Nothing necessarily other than being not being good enough as a number one pick, maybe not living up to those expectations. But his his real challenge this offseason was Deshaun Watson was available. I mean, ultimately, that's what happened but to his career. But isn't the problem people have with Baker Mayfield just that he does too many commercials and that he's arrogant? Isn't that it's because I know he's not a great – I know he's not a top ten quarterback, but he's not terrible. But people treat him as if he's terrible – because of the commercials and the arrogance, right? 
it's 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 not just you expect most stars to have some arrogance. His is like the kind of arrogance that everybody can see, and he sort of wears it like a badge of honor, which makes it hard to embrace him when he's not leading his team toward a championship. That, you know that's the worst thing to me about Baker Mayfield is our former radio co-host, Dan Orlovsky, <laughs> called him Maker Playfield. Maker Playfield. That's still the worst. Still I, I the mean, worst I, I, I would argue there's not been a worse nickname worst in sports. Nickname. That would be another topic, 888-SAY-ESPN, <laughs> worst nicknames. Maker Playfield, which, Bad. by the way, did not catch on. It did Orlovsky not, it did said, not. if you remember, Orlovsky said, I'm going to make Maker Playfield a thing. Yeah. He was not able to do that. Yeah. Seriously, if you all, if anyone listening sees Dan Orlovsky just in public, just say to him, Maker Playfield Maker is Playfield. a terrible name. Because he tried to do that name. for an entire year, and it was awful. It never caught on. Uh, speaking of the arrogance, quick though, Matt, Joe Burrow has a lot of that, by the way. But people love him. He's got the same thing that Baker Mayfield has. He's just taking a team to a Super Bowl. But and he almost has quiet arrogance. I mean, I don't know that he's quiet anymore. I mean, last season, second half of last season, he was doing IG Live and chains. Like, that's a dude who's certainly doing feeling what? IG Live and chains? They're wearing the big chains and doing all this stuff. <laughs> okay. I was like, I didn't use so You're on IG a different Live website than I am. He was wearing chains. Let's, let's my, just move on. Myron Metcalf has a no, different no, set man, of no. things saved on his Wearing big chains. That's there what I was you go. <laughs> Come on, man. It's a kid's show. Come on. We got families listening. I know. That's what the ones I watch. Spain and Fitz is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. Other websites that Myron Metcalf frequents. Stop. That's, not- That's next here on Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. That's not what I said, man. You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. You know this song, Myron? Yeah, it's a Drake. It's a Drake song. Is this Drake? Yes, it's Drake. Are you you into Drake's new album? I hear all the kids don't like it. They think it's too bad. I think it's terrible, which means somebody younger than me probably loves it. But Yeah. Drake hadn't been the same since she shot that air ball at UK's (laughs) practice. He is not. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones, Myron Metcalf, presented by Progressive Insurance. We uh, we're gonna we're taking calls on the athlete that most reminds you of Kyrie Irving, aka someone who, you know, has all the talent, but is getting himself less hype and less time in the league because of things out the field. Yeah. But I also want to ask you a quick question. You know, we're coming into the summer now. Hockey ended last night. The fourteen month season finally ends. It starts again, by the way, next week. Uh, and the question is, what summer sporting event are you looking forward to? Football starts right after Labor Day. We get college yeah. football, Labor Day weekend. But until we get to Labor Day, we got like two months where we got to do something. You got to watch something. What are you looking forward to in the world of sports between now and the football starting in September? Well, I will be watching Wimbledon. Uh, I mean, that's going to be fun. To, I mean, will you really? I, no, like, I, really? I I'm gonna watch Serena tomorrow. I'm gonna watch. So you're not gonna watch Wimbledon. You're gonna watch Serena. I'll, I'll watch the. I'll watch a bunch. You're gonna watch the rest of it. All right. Let me. I'm gonna read you a couple matches. You tell me which ones you're excited okay. about. 
Okay. So then Matt what says, what are you to... looking forward to? And then tells me I'm not looking forward well, to. Well, no, I mean, maybe you are. I, I didn't good. realize you were such a big fan. But go <laughs> ahead. What, what, what else are we looking for? I think for? Andy Murray's in it. I, um, and then <laughs> I think the TBT, the basketball tournament, which is sort of like okay. all the former college stars. Jimmer's playing again this year. Uh, you know, I think the Thompson twins, the guys who could be top 10 picks are going to be in twins. it. Wait, wasn't that a musical group? No, I don't, I don't Maybe. But the, okay, but, but the two kids who are in the G League are they're going to be a top ten pick, so it'll be fun to watch. So I'm looking forward. Oh, are to they that. playing in it? Those two G they're League playing kids. In it. They're playing oh, I didn't it. know they were allowed to do that. They're playing in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Looking at the Wimbledon draw, I can see why you're excited when uh, Daniel Perry is playing uh, Martise Hantema. I, you're going to be tuned in for that one, right? <laughs> I, I'm going to watch Serena Coco Golf is in it. Okay. Naomi Osaka. No, she is she playing. No, no, I don't, think, so. I don't, I think, I don't think she's playing. Okay. I am actually looking forward to the British Open because I want to see if they can continue to have the live tour all their golfers lose. I sort of <laughs> wonder if they're getting like kind of fat on the hog a little bit, you know, where it's like they're 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 getting all this money, so they just stop practicing. I mean, Dustin Johnson's out there, he's like he's like hitting six irons off the tee because he's like, What do I care? I just feel like I, I think you know, for the live tour at some point, they're going to want to establish that they matter. And so I think winning a major would be a way to do it. And if they're going to win one, the British Open's probably the best chance because all their guys are qualified for it in a way that they're not, because they have so many guys from the European Tour, that they're not qualified for the American major. So I think it's probably their best chance. Yeah, I mean, we didn't even get to see what we thought we'd see, right, in the last major. I mean, Mickelson was terrible, but... I mean, I think there could be a rivalry, but at this point in terms of like what the general public knows, nobody knows these live guys for the most part other than Kepka and Mickelson. So the British Open could be interesting if there's sort of a back and forth. Do you think really anybody's going to care? I mean, they're t- they have a tournament this week in America. What are you watching? In, in, I don't – I think it's on YouTube along with Austin McBroom, <laughs> yeah. but I don't, I don't know where to watch it on YouTube. Like I don't know if you just YouTube and say where's live golf. I've but, always, I've always remember, Matt. If people can't find things, they're yeah. not going to watch, you know. And if there's no major TV deal, we're not going to see these guys. But if you're getting a hundred million dollars and you're Dustin Johnson, you don't. What care. do you care, right? People yeah, are watching. I do think though, if your TV deal is exact on the same exact platform that the auto mechanic that works down the street from me <laughs> does daily mechanic updates, <laughs> it's How hard for me to think that that's a real prestigious thing. Yeah. You know, but I don't wish them the best because I think they're ruining golf, actually, by splitting this up. But I will be interested to see if it succeeds, although I don't think it will. All right, let's get back up to it. Uh, Cosmo Crank. is in upstate New York. Now, Cosmo, where in upstate New York are you? I'm actually on a road right now leaving Albany. Okay, so it's interesting to me people say, Myron, upstate New York. They won't just give you a town. Like yeah. in the rest of America, they'll tell you where they are. But in upstate New York, people just go, well, we're in upstate New York. Like it's all exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Vast. Vast. All right, so you're just outside Albany making laws. Uh, what player are you thinking of? I'm thinking of T.O. Oh, okay, Terrell Owens. Similar. You like that one, Myron. You think that's the one maybe most similar to Kyrie. I think that is. I mean, just because the, the talent – High level. Now, T.O. in terms of, like, at his position was higher than Kyrie. T.O. is one of the three best wide receivers of all time. But 
I think at some point we just started talking about everything else but the talent. You think and, he's and third? You issue. really think it's like Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, and him? Yeah, yeah, I think that's the really for sure. Yeah, I mean, T- Terrell Owens is the only receiver in NFL history to have twelve straight seasons of seven hundred and fifty yards or more. No one's done and, that. And it was Jerry. correct that his career just kind of ended. Just, just ended. Like it wasn't like he wasn't good anymore. It just ended. It just ended. But because at some point people decide that maybe you're not worth the trouble. And I wonder, Matt, if we're headed to that place with Kyrie. He's going to get paid. Someone's going to give him a big deal because the talent is still there. But they might not do it at 34, 35, 36 if some of these same challenges continue. Well, let's say he had opted out, okay? Yeah. What do you – do you think he would have found somebody to give him a max deal? Not a championship team. Not a not a team with playoff aspirations? No. Would you want him, Matt? If you're a team – legitimately in the playoffs with a real chance to compete for a championship. Do you want Kyrie Irving? It's interesting because, and again, a lot of it has to do with salary cap and all yeah, that. Yeah, and all that. But but if I was, if I had a team, well, let me just put it like this. I mean, again, forget the salary cap part. Yeah. But let's say I was Philadelphia and you told me I could get him. I could see myself winning the championship with the roster Philadelphia has and him instead of Harden. Let's say instead of Harden. Let's just say they flipped it back, right? I could see – so, yes, I think if I thought – and, again, I think he's the craziest dude in sports. So, like, I'm not defending him. I mean, when he thinks the earth is flat, that's insanity, okay? But do I think that he could be a piece to win a title? Yeah, I do. Ben Simmons said nothing, and Embiid was ready to fight him. He's going to be ready to fight Kyrie in three and a half weeks if you put them on the same roster. Like I just I don't know that his personality works for most people. Yeah, well, I don't know. There aren't many guys who can take somebody one-on-one like him. And at the end of the day, if I'm trying to win a title and I think I got a shot, I may do it. Will he be traded? We're going to ask Bobby Marks. That's next. You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. Yes, it is. It's Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Matt Jones. He's Myron Metcalf. We are ready to go, and who better to bring on to talk about all that's happening in the world of the NBA than Bobby Marks, ESPN's NBA front office insider. Bobby, Kyrie says, you know, normal people keep the world going, but different people like him <laughs> take us to a higher plane. That plane apparently is $36.5 million and opting in with Brooklyn. But is the saga over? Does this mean in your mind he's playing for Brooklyn or is there still a possibility of some sort of deal that could be made? Yeah, I I just think, as you said, it just guarantees him that that financial security that he was basically going to leave on the table if he became a free agent because there was no other offer out there for him. And I think Anytime a player returns and you and, and you can't work out an agreement as far as what Brooklyn was looking to do and what Irving was looking to do, and he's on a, the last year of his contract, an expiring contract, he can become a, a free agent next off season. I think that always kind of you know the, the trade question will always linger out there for him. I think I think certainly you would love to see what this roster looks like come um, come October if, if, if Ben Simmons is healthy and you, and you have Durant on this team. So. Um, I don't think it closed the door as far as, um, you know, 
that Kyrie Irving is going to be here for the foreseeable future. I just thought it was, I just thought it was a business business decision that he saw what the landscape of this market was and and figured, you know what, the the risk of becoming a free agent uh, at the end of the week was just too too high. Bobby, the market is very important in all of this. I guess I believe if this happens a couple of years ago, people are lined up around the block to try to get Kyrie Irving. Why didn't that happen with this situation? I think the availability issue. I know certainly, yeah, I mean, the the COVID um, non-vaccinated part of it, I mean, I don't think that played into it. I think you just look at, you know, whether it be the wear and tear on his body, I think, um, you know, the last few years in in, in Brooklyn, I think the cost certainly um, to go out and if you were going to acquire him, I think – I said it um, uh, over the weekend, uh, and I wrote about it. I said, you know, Kyrie Irving's a max player, right? There's no doubt about it. He's a he's a box office guy. You'd love to go watch him play. He's, he's He should, you know, command a $42 million salary, but he's a year-to-year max player, right? He's a year-to-year. He's not a four-year 198. He's not a five-year 250 type guy. Um, but, you know, the, it, we don't work in a, in a year-to-year basis on contract-wise, and, and Brooklyn kind of proved this a little bit wrong, or I guess Kyrie proved this a little bit wrong, that, that he's willing to come back on that one-year deal here. But you're right. I mean, three years ago, 2019, there were teams lined up to go out and, and get him, and you know, certainly Kevin Durant. Now the, the market kind of dictates otherwise, and it, there's a lot of teams that, you know, the point guard position out there is secure for a lot of these teams, and there's not that, there's not that many openings. I don't particularly like to talk about the Lakers because I think they get more words than their than their uh, abilities. But I am fascinated by what's going to happen in this offseason because they have absolutely yeah. no players outside of the three that everyone knows. Okay, I want you to I want you to act like you're in charge of the Lakers, and you could do. And I know that's a tough thing to think about, but you could do. do I get to live in L.A. though. You do get to live in L.A. and you get to get, you get good tickets. What would you do to try to make this a roster? Knowing you've got two of the best players in the league, if they're healthy, what would you do to try to make that a championship roster? Or is there anything you could do? Youth, youth, and more youth. And, and grab me some shooters out there. I mean, that's what I'm doing. I think it's funny. I'm, I have to do a segment tomorrow afternoon for SportsCenter. I'm actually prepping for it right now, and that's what I'm doing some Laker research. And you're right. I mean, like the starting lineup, uh, you've got, I think, seven guys under contract. Um, you've got the that tax mid-level, which might go to Malik Monk, and basically it's bargain shopping out there. But I think teams have proved that you don't have to load up on these high caliber. I mean, Miami's a good example. When they, you go out and got, get guys like Gabe Vincent and Max Struss and um, players like that, um, you know, last year that can come in and can contribute guys on these minimum contracts. I just think you can't go in the same direction you did last year with all these veterans, older players here. So for me, it would be, you know, certainly there's no takers for Westbrook unless you're willing to absorb contract that goes past um, this past this, uh, this year here. And I think that's going to be the big decision that the front office has to figure out. But for me, it's just shooter, shooter, shooters surround, you know, LeBron and AD um, with, with this group. Will the Warriors be able to stay together uh, after that run, or will that be more difficult contractually? I I think as long as they're willing to pay, 
I think if, as long as ownership is willing to, you know, I think it'll be interesting with Gary Payton and, and Kevin Looney, two, two of their key free agents, you know, pool, Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins are extension eligible, so they're still in their contract. I think it's going to be Peyton's going to be interesting because there is a market for him, um, you know, in that six to eight million dollar range, maybe a little bit more. And if you bring back Looney and, and Peyton, it, it's going to cost you an extra one hundred fifteen million dollars just this year for the luxury tax. Wow. So, wow. are they a priority? Are they a luxury? Is what's can you get Kaminga? Can you get Moody to fill in those minutes? Uh, James Wiseman, we haven't. You know, really talked about that much here. So I think it's all – they can stay together, but I think it's just going to be a matter of how much, um, you know, Joe Lake up in that ownership group is willing to, to, to spend. Did you just say that Looney and Peyton would cost them $115 million, those two dudes? I did. Wow. I did. That is the cost of the luxury tax. Yeah, That is unbelievable. That Well, it's not my money. You can do whatever he wants, but I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Good grief. All right, so I'll finish you with this. Zach Levine, where is he playing next year? I think at Chicago. I think it's just a matter of if it's if it's five years and if all five years are fully guaranteed. All right. Well, Bobby Marks, ESPN. I can't get over that $115 million. I, I mean, I don't know what I would spend $115 million on it, but I don't think Looney would be part of it. But Bobby Marks, I know he's played well, but thank you very much for your time. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Hundred and fifty. I can't get over that. Like, would you? I mean, I know they've got all the money in the world in Golden State, but you can't do that, can you, Myron? No, that's a lot. I mean, it pushes them into luxury tax. I didn't know it was one hundred and fifteen million. That's a lot. That's a whole whole lot. Yeah, I don't. It's not going to happen. I don't. All right, Scott is in Minneapolis. He's looking for players to analogize what we do have with Kyrie as a player in the past. You, who you got, Scott? Well, guys, I got um. Stephon Marbury, when he was in Minnesota, there was an argument between who was a one and a one A between Garnett and Marbury, and then they traded him because uh, Marbury was upset because Garnett got, was getting paid more money, and that was a CBA thing. It wasn't anything the Timberwolves could do. And then he went to New Jersey, and he had his moments, and he, but the team got worse. And then he went, he started bouncing around the league to the point where he had to go off to China. I don't think that's a bad one. I mean, I appreciate the call. I don't know that yeah. Marbury was ever quite the player Kyrie was, but I do think that's an interesting uh, an interesting pick, Myron. I think that's a, a really good comparison. I, I wish KG and Stephon Marbury would have stayed together. That could have been a great pairing. And, yes, Marbury ends, ends up in China, but I'm going to tell you something. He sells more shoes than anyone. In China, like he's got the Starberry shoes, like he's oh, listen, killing. I remember you, you act like I don't know the Starberry <laughs> shoes. Do you remember they used to sell those exclusively at Rick and Barry's? Yes. Do you remember yeah, Rick I and do. Barry's where you could get a hoodie? Yeah. Any hood that place, I don't even know. It, it, for those of you that had it in your town, do you did you have a Rick and Barry's Didn't where you them, were? But, but had them whenever we travel south and east, we'd see them. Yeah. So for those of you that weren't in the South and East, Rick and Barry's, they had one in the Middlesbrough Mall in the old Kmart where I was growing up. Yeah. They had a sweatshirt. You could get a sweatshirt for any team in America for $5. Yep. How did they do that? Do you know? I don't know. I mean, I literally bought 30 hoodies. My yeah. obsession with hoodies, which still goes today, started with Rick and Barry's, where I could buy every college in America for $5. And then whoever was good... Myron, I would just wear their hoodie because it was five dollars. And you get the Starberries were what? What were they? Twenty. I think the Starberries were like ten dollars. Yeah, they were. They were cheap. I actually really respected Stefan Marbury for that. Yeah. For like having a shoe 
Portable that, shoe. Because it, to be quite, I'm, I'm, I was I was being a little kidding about Rick and Barry's, but seriously, Steph Marbury, I'll give him some credit. I was in a town full of really poor kids, and when those happened, kids were able to wear shoes that were considered cool by an NBA player because they could afford them, and they couldn't afford Jordans or the other things. And like every kid in Middlesboro had Stephon Marbury shoes, and I actually thought it was very cool of him and of that company to have $10 shoes like that. Yeah, I mean, that was his motivation behind it, and now he's doing it in China. St- Stephon Mar- Marbury is doing pretty well for himself. Yeah, there you go. The road to the rematch is on as Bantamweight champion Juliana Pena and former champ Amanda Nunez, <laughs> Nunez go head-to-head as coaches on the historic 30th season of The Ultimate Fighter. Stream the series now exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com. You like Ultimate Fighter? You, you're a big MMA guy. I'm watching every show, yeah, every, every episode. It's really good. But good. What should I watch for when I watch it? Uh, the fighting. <laughs> That's what you should watch for. <laughs> Coming up, what can we expect from Deshaun Watson's disciplinary hearing tomorrow? That's next on Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. <laughs> You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. Welcome back. It is Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Final segment here with Meyer Metcalf. I'm Matt Jones. Had a fun show today, but we are now ready to talk to Tony Grossi. He's the Browns analyst for the LandOnDemand.com. LandOnDemand.com is where you can learn all about what's going on in Browns world. And tomorrow, sources tell ESPN that the Deshaun Watson disciplinary hearing will begin no neither side is disclosing the location but it will be in person so people don't know where it is or what's going to happen so tony i'm going to ask you what do you know about this hearing and what have you been able to glean about what's going to take place tomorrow well good evening guys uh you know it's all unprecedented right the way they're processing this personal conduct policy uh process is is all new with with this judge a former judge to uh hand out the the discipline you know all the all the trending is bad news coming towards the browns and deshaun watson i think if you ask a cleveland browns fan right now would you take eight game suspension they would take it in a second uh but it sounds like it's maybe worse than that i want to give you a scenario although i know baker mayfield probably gets traded. I know the, the it's bad blood between him and the organization. But let's say it all works out. Deshaun Watson suspended for the season. Baker Mayfield is your starter for the foreseeable future this season. How will Browns fans react to that development if it happens? I think Browns fans, the majority would favor that. I just don't think the, the Cleveland Browns favor that. Um, I, I think there's still a significant portion of the Browns fans who who think uh, Baker sh- should have been the quarterback going into this year, and they shouldn't even have made this move for Deshaun Watson. But I just don't see it happening, guys. I mean, they have, you know, dynamited bridges on both sides. You know, the Browns wouldn't even let them come to minicamp. If they thought that was at all feasible, that, you know, plan Z is to keep Baker – in the event of a year-long suspension, they would have brought on a minicamp and, you know, 
seeing what he's got left this year. But I don't think that's happening. I think a week after they made the trade for Watson, they signed Jacoby Brissett in free agency one week later. And I thought that sealed the fate that they were turning, uh, closing the door on Baker Mayfield. I've wondered something about this, Tony, from the beginning, which is that, you know, I, I, I used to be a lawyer, so I, I, I know that when you get into a civil case, especially when you get into discovery, depending on the judge, depending on the situation, it can go many, many different ways. There were 24 civil ca- cases. Now there's down to four. 20 have settled. But those four could still end up in discovery and things could still happen. Have you gotten any sense on – if they do this and then a dis- – whatever, it's eight games, whatever they decide, is that something that sort of closes the book on this whole thing? Or is it the case that, like, you could have one suspension and then something comes out in the civil trial and there's another one coming? Yeah, I think that's why this idea of indefinite suspension has been brought up, meaning there there won't be a – you know, a – that's, you know, uh, 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 eight games or 10 games or 12 games or even 17 games because of the chance of something else brewing uh, that will worsen it for Deshaun Watson in the eyes of the NFL. So so that's why uh, it's, it's trending towards probably indefinite with some conditions on top of that for him to be reinstated. But Again, this is all unprecedented. Just the volume of all these cases is unprecedented for anyone who's come under, uh, you know, review for the personal conduct policy. So I'd have to say anything can happen. Anything can happen at this point. Does that anything potentially include, if this continues, if the case, if the lawsuits continue, um, if we're still talking about this through potentially an indefinite suspension that goes through this season. Is there a world where the Cleveland Browns have any room to get out of this guarantee that they just given to Deshaun Watson? You know, um, no one's actually seen the language in the contract that would, you know, rule on that, but I can't fathom anything that's happened, you know, before he signed the contract, uh, affecting that, you know, uh, cancellation of contract. It's my understanding that their protection is based on any future violations. You know, once he's a member of the Cleveland Browns, if something would happen, a new case arise, you know, based in 2022 and not going back to the 2020 year where, where these, you know, uh, allegations came from. Uh, I think the Browns, you know, they they claim they did a five month research on Watson, and they knew going in, uh, they should have known everything. Maybe some of these things have surprised them, but uh, I don't think anything that happened prior to him signing the contract can cancel or or contract. I'll finish with this. You sort of touched on this a minute ago. If I were to do a poll of the Cleveland fan base, you would know this as well as anybody. Do you think the decision to sign Deshaun Watson was a good one or a bad one? What would the poll results in your mind be? I think I think it would be two to one bad. 66% probably 
are totally disgusted by now. You know, a large portion of people were were disgusted when it happened. Uh, even though he's, you know, as a player, he's the quarterback the Browns have never had in their expansion era. He's the elite franchise quarterback, and yet the Cleveland fan base was never able to celebrate that transaction because of the uncertainty about his future and also the, you know, the uh, uh, unsavory allegations against him. So I would think most people would say they shouldn't have done it at this point. I still wish you Browns fans were nicer to Tim Couch. He was good there for a couple <laughs> years. And they should give him credit. Yeah. He was good for a couple years. He was real good for a couple years. He took them to the playoffs in only their fourth year of existence. Not many yes. expansion teams can say that. Yeah. He's a guy who looks a lot better in retirement than he did. I think he's appreciated a lot more nowadays than he was uh, towards the end of his career when he just got beat to a pulp. Well, I'm glad because I grew up with him. He's a good guy. I appreciate it, Tony. Tony Grossi, Browns analyst on the landondemand.com. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. No problem. People are always so mean to Tim Couch. I don't like it, Myron. He was he was he was great at Kentucky, and he was good for the Browns. He's probably the best quarterback they've had since they came since in their most recent iteration. Well, and the way it ended, they didn't protect him. I mean, no, no one had a worse offensive line. You know, is there anything on earth worse than getting picked as a quarterback for an expansion team? <laughs> like you might as well just no. like you're not going to have a good career. It's just not no. going to happen. Ain't going to happen for you. Yeah, that's good. exactly right. So, Kyrie. For those of you uh, scored at home, he ends up coming back to the Nets, and now Myron gets to do what he always hoped, which is to sit in the locker room with Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons and try to understand the three of them talking about world affairs. That would be a podcast. Draymond has a podcast. That's a podcast I would listen to, Myron. Listen to those three guys pontificate. Just don't take their advice to heart. Don't, don't, Don't do what they say. That's right. Myron, I enjoyed it, as always. Times, Thank man. you very much for the time. We uh, we filling in today. Spain and Fitz, they'll be back with their normal thing. And coming up, you're going to get Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Freddie doing his thing on a Monday night to take you home. But this has been Spain and Fitz here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. You can listen to the show weeknights at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app.